The title of the message today is Penalties for Violating God's Commandments. Now, before this is over with, this message might sound a bit judgmental. But we're supposed to present things out of the scripture. And if we do that, we're doing it out of love. And I've told y'all many times, sometimes it may come off a bit judgmental, but you'll never have to. Uh, I won't be the one sitting and judging you, whether you make it into the kingdom of God. But sometimes it may come off judgmental, but it's, it's not. It, I present things because I love you. I wish this is a message that the Christian or church world could hear today. I hope there will be a lot of them through Facebook will listen to this message today. When we think about God's commandments, I hear things that people say at times. And some of them will say, well, I don't think the commandments existed until they were written on the stones of Mount Sinai. And I hear some of them say, well, uh, I don't pay any attention to anything that's in the New Testament. I don't pay attention to the Old Testament. Paul, Paul's our apostle to the Gentiles. So I don't pay much attention to the Old Testament scriptures. People make a lot of excuses today in the church world. Now, we know in Romans it says, if we're living in sin, we're not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So it's understandable living in sin that you might try to obey God's law, but you can't do it without being born of the Spirit and the Spirit of God helping you and praying that he will help you. That's how we're able to obey the law of God. But in the, today's world, the Christian world at large, there's too many who try to put the Ten Commandments of God aside. Well, why would they do that? Because they're looking for some excuse that I can give in to the flesh. Let's pray. Father, we pray for your guidance today. We pray that you'll, there'll be people out there. I know that the church here has heard some of these things before, won't hurt us to go over them again. But I pray that there'll be some on Facebook who will hear this message. And even though when I speak about the Ten Commandments, they won't get upset or turn it off or not listen. I hope they'll listen and think about what's said. Because the Ten Commandments of God are valid today. They're important today. And it's important eternally important for us to obey the obey the Ten Commandment law of God. And then I also hear the other excuse, one of them that you often hear, oh, we're not under the law, we're under grace. Well, you've got to read more of that scripture. Yeah, you're not condemned by the law of God. If you're born of the Spirit and you obey Him, you're not condemned, you're not under it. But even if you've been born of the Spirit, let me just say it this way. If I went out to the church world at large today, and I'd say, do you think it would be okay that I could kill somebody that's 
Would that not be sin? That would be okay? Well, sure, they'd say, Brother Guy, you can't do that. Or if I'd say, well, if I steal, is that okay? They'd say no. Or if I said, uh, is it okay if I covet what you got? They'd say, that's not acceptable, Brother Guy. But they have a problem with that fourth commandment about the Sabbath. Because many of them don't know what day the Sabbath is. And so they worship on another day. And I'm not telling anybody that you can't worship the Lord every day of the week. You can. But unfortunately in doing that, they reject the seven day Sabbath and obedience. Facebook because there might be somebody that will hear this and they might be concerned enough. Okay. Well, I'm not sure exactly where we lost you on Facebook, but I had just read to the church, all of you that are in the church world today, that's read your Bible, you go to church, you know about the creation of God for six days. And I'm going to read it again in chapter 2 of Genesis. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which is exactly what he tells us in his commandments, that we are to rest on the seventh day, Sabbath. And in verse 3, And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. He purified it, made it holy. He set it apart as a holy day. Not only for our rest, but that we would spend time with him. Because that in he rested from all his work, which God created and made. Okay, I wanted to read that. Let's go over to uh, Exodus chapter 20 now. Now I'm trying to show you that this Seventh-day Sabbath existed from the very foundation of what we know as the world, the creation of man, the first week. In Genesis chapter 20, we're going to read a little scripture here. Uh, not Genesis, I'm sorry, Exodus. I'm sorry, Brother Ron. Now, all of you know that in these Ten Commandments were written on the stone... It talked about, thou shalt have no other God before me. Thou shalt not have any graven image. And thou shalt not bow down to them. But we get down to verse 8, and this is one of the commandments. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall thou labor, just like the Almighty did, and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. Now people say, well, you're talking about that Jewish Sabbath. What did I just read? For the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou nor thy son nor thy daughter, thy manservant nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle nor the stranger that was in thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, we read about that, all that in them is, and rested the Sabbath day, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. 
That's one of his commands. Now, how would we know that there was laws and commandments before this? Well, let's think about that for a little bit. Uh, let me see here, Ron's act. Well, I read that one about Exodus chapter 3. Uh, I say I did say I was trying to think of, and again, I mentioned this a while ago. I want to do it again. If I went into any church this weekend, most of them on the first day of the week, Sunday, most of the church world don't know which day the Sabbath day is. Because in 364 A.D., the Council of Laodicea, the Roman Catholic Church, abolished the Jewish Sabbath, the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. I'm sorry, I said Jewish Sabbath. Abolished the Sabbath in their mind, and they got everybody to believe that now you need to worship on the first day of the week. Now, some of them say, where are you getting that at? Go to your calendar, even there, and look and see. Just get a calendar and look and see which day is the seventh day and which day is the first day. But that's not all you have to believe. Just do some research. That's all I've ever asked anybody that's listening. Do some research and find out which day the Sabbath. If you don't have to believe me, do some research. It's a matter of life and death. For sin is the transgression of the law, and if you're worshiping and neglecting the seventh-day Sabbath and working and doing your other things on that day, then you're disobeying the commandment of God. Sin is the transgression or violation of the law. Now that sounds harsh, but would you rather a preacher today tell you those things, or would you rather say, hear the Heavenly Father say, Depart from me, I never knew you. So let's find out if there's any truth to some law before Mount Sinai. In Genesis chapter 2, I think, yes, that's where I want to go. Genesis chapter 2, let's look at some there. In verse uh, 15. Now most people who go to church, most people that have studied the Bible at all, know about the creation and that let's read what the Lord God said to Adam and Eve. The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, where well, he's commanded the man here, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree, tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Okay, I wanted to read that. So he told them they were not to eat of it. So all of you know that because they did that and what happened, let's see, I'm going to see where I'm going to go here, Ron, I think. Uh, yes, let's go over to chapter 3. Now let's find out, all of you know that they partook of that tree that God said not to partake of it. Was that a command? Well, let's find out about this. Said, this is chapter 3 and verse 6. And the woman saw that the tree was good after Satan had convinced her it was okay to partake of it. 
The woman saw that the tree was good for food, so that would lend itself to the flesh wanting something that looked good, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave it to her husband with her, and he did eat. Okay? Let's go to over to uh, 16. I, I could read this about Satan and what happened to him because that he deceived the woman, but let's start, let's just read about the woman and the man today. Was there any recourse? Was there a command? I submit to you there was a command not to eat of that tree. Verse 16, unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow the Bible concordance there says your labor and pain and thy conception. In labor and pain thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I, look at this, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Is that a command? It's a command. You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. Is there any recourse? Is God bringing some punishment because they disobeyed him? Absolutely. In sorrow shall thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the, herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread till thou return in the ground. For out of it wast thou taken. From for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. Okay? Now if we go back, we know that the scripture says, He had told them, when you partake of it, you shall surely die. You know that. That's what the scripture, you shall surely die. So I want to ask you something. If there was no law there, why was there any punishment? Because there was a law. That's why he always warns and tells us what is acceptable or isn't acceptable before judgment falls. There was law there, and judgment fell. Now let's think about it. You say, well, now, Brother Guy, what did they break? Okay, now they listened to Satan. So the first commandment says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. So instead of listening to the Heavenly Father, they listened to someone else. Didn't that break the first command? Okay. Also, because they decided what they were going to do, instead of obeying God, didn't they make themselves gods? Or as a god. They weren't God, but as a god. Because isn't that what the flesh says? I'm going to do what I want to do instead of what God says to do. That's making self more important than him. All right, another thing. Does it says, thou shalt not kill? What happened when they partook of that which God said? It passed death onto them and all their offspring. They caused death. Didn't he say, thou shalt not steal? 
didn't that tree and what belonged to God? And he said, you can't have it, so you stole something that belonged to me. We can say they broke a whole bunch of the commandments right there. The law existed because if it didn't, there wouldn't be any judgment. For sin is the violation and transgression of the law. Right? Exactly. There's another one. Honor thy father. So they broke a whole lot of the commandments. We probably could examine that closer and find more. There you go. They coveted something that he said they were not supposed to have. Now to further that thought, let's look at Romans chapter 5 right quick and see just that effect. If there was no law, there would have been no offense. There would have been no, no judgment, no, no punishment upon them. Romans 5 and chapter 12, Chapter 5 and verse 12 says this, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Because of their transgression, that carnal nature passed on to us, and we're all, we all sin. So you could say, they brought death upon every one of us without Jesus Christ. So you see, they broke a whole bunch of the commandments right there. Let's find out if there's some more in here. Sin is a transgression of law. It brings judgment. It brings punishment. Genesis chapter 4. Let's look at something there. You know the story. You know the story of Cain and Abel, the offspring of Adam and Eve. And you know they both brought a sacrifice, and God accepted Abel's. He didn't accept Cain's. Let's pick up with it in verse 6, 4 and 6. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Or another, why are you upset? What's, why are you angry? Why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, thou shalt be accepted. That's still the case. If we'll obey God and receive the Lord Jesus, we can be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin leth at the door. And in thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. All right, let's go over to, uh, I think we want to go a little. All of you know that it went on, that you know that what happened, that Cain rose up against Abel. He didn't do what was accepted. He become angry, he become jealous, and he committed what? Murder. Thou shalt not commit murder or kill. He broke a commandment. All of you know that judgment fell upon him because of that. where I'm at here. But because of that, Cain was cursed of God. If there was no law that spoke about thou shalt not kill, then why was Cain punished for what he done? 
because God said, your brother's blood is crying. I can tell by your, his blood. It's calling out for revenge because of what you've done. And God brought the punishment upon Cain. If there was no law, sin is the transgression of the law. If there had been no law, they couldn't have, been, couldn't have punished him for murder. Let's go on to let's go on to Genesis chapter six. Let's read a little bit here. And uh, Genesis six and verse five. And God saw that the wickedness. This is in the days of Noah. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented. God was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing and the fowl, therefore it repenteth me. I'm sorry that I have made them. Why did he punish them? Because they broke his commandments. That's what, e that's what evil is, Rachel. Sin is a transgression of the law. Sin is evil. It's wickedness. They were doing things. If there was no law, he wouldn't have brought judgment upon them. The law has existed from the foundation of the world. But I hear people try to explain, away. well, there was no law until Sinai. The Ten Commandments was given on the, ten, the two tables of stone, but the reason that there was another law, it was called an added law, it was given because the children of Israel kept breaking the Ten Commandment law, and it was an added law. The Ten Commandments was on stone that we call it the ceremonial law, the Levitical law, the Mosaical law, the law of ordinances contain, our law contained in ordinances. There's different ways it was described, but it was an added law only because they were breaking the Ten Commandment law. And later on when the disciples were disputing about that added law, some of them, even though the Gentiles were receiving the Lord Jesus, they were telling them, you must be circumcised like Moses. And they were telling them they were going to have, basically when saying that, they were going to have to do all that added law. And the other disciples said, it was a yoke of bondage, which neither us nor our forefathers were able to bear. So, yes, we don't have to abide by that ceremonial law anymore. We don't kill animals. We don't have Levitical priests. There's a lot of those things that we don't do anymore. But people try, that's another thing that people try to say, oh, we're not under any law. We're just under grace. As long as you obey God and you're born of the Spirit, you're under grace. But you break one of those Ten Commandments and you fall in under condemnation because it's sin. What did that scripture in John say? For whosoever committed sin, transgresses the law, for sin is the transgression of the law, you're violating it. 
People come up with all kinds of things to try to explain away obeying the Ten Commandments of law. Because the flesh wants it that way. I want to live how I want to live, and I want to look for excuses not to obey. That's what's wrong with too much of the church world today. I'm going to do it my way, and I'll accept what I want to, and other things I'll throw out. Because I think I've found an excuse not to do, to obey the laws of God. It's always brought punishment. You, know, you might say, well, we are under grace in this new uh, dispensation under Christ. We are. Because back then, many of the judgments, as soon as they committed them, were carried out immediately. Now God is being patient with man, giving them an opportunity to repent and be saved and obey. But one day the judgment is going to fall if they keep rejecting it and making excuses to do it my way. What's wrong with a lot of the church world today is this. In 364 A.D., the Catholic Church in their hierarchy made a law that now we're, people are not going to worship on the seventh day Sabbath, which is Friday evening to Saturday evening, but we're going to worship on Sunday. And a lot of the church world does not understand that when a lot of the, the uh, Protestants broke away from the Catholic Church, they begin to see things that they saw that were not right according to the Catholic Church teachings, but yet they brought in that Sunday worship, which is not the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. And again, you can worship on Sunday or any day, but if you neglect the Sabbath day, you're breaking the law of God and it's called sin. What does it say, the wages of sin or what? What is the wages of sin? And the trouble is we got too many in the church world that want to make excuses. We got too many churches or and ministers in the churches on Sunday that are teaching people that you don't have to obey the law of God. Go to church on the first day of the week, the day that the pagans worship the sun. Go on that church on that day. Why don't you just believe in Christ's birthday being December the 25th? And there's no thing in the Bible that says that. Jesus got on to many of them in his day, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, because they were teaching traditions. And we got too many traditions in the church world today that's teaching man's traditions and leading people astray. Again, I said, some people say, well, we're under this new covenant. Don't have anything to say about those commandments in the New Testament. I've read these to you before. People on Facebook, listen to this. Matthew 19. Read this one to you many times in uh, 19 and... 16, behold, one came unto him, good master, came unto Jesus. What good thing shall I do that I might have eternal life? 
And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. But look at the next sentence, what he said. But if thou will enter into life, keep what? The commandments. If they don't exist, why would Jesus say that? Why would he say that if they didn't exist? Now, we know that we must also believe and trust in the Lord Jesus. That's a fact. You can't get around that. But he's saying something else, that if you're going to enter into eternal life and into spiritual life, if you continue to walk in spiritual life, let's read that. Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou will enter into life, keep the commandments. If they didn't exist, why would Jesus say that? For heaven's sakes. And too many of them on Sunday are teaching the people in these churches things that are not so. And I believe some of the ministers know it. But I'm not going to give up all this money I'm raking in, but these big crowds we got. One of these days they're going to have to answer for telling them falsehood. Let's look at 1 John. I was going to tell you also, I'll, I'll read this in a minute. You know the story about the manna. They were mumbling and complaining when they were in the wilderness before they ever got to Sinai, Mount Sinai. And they were complaining because they didn't have anything to eat. So the Lord said he was going to send up the quail and he was going to give them bread from heaven. He did that. But five days they were to go out and get just enough to take care of each one, enough to eat. And he told them through Moses, don't you keep any of this till the next day. Well, some of them did that, and it bred worms, and it stank. But there was something happened on the sixth day. Get enough, get double today, and you can keep it up to the next day. Rachel, they did that, and it didn't stink, and it didn't, it didn't breed worms. Because he did not intend for them to go out on the Sabbath day. He said, I did this to prove you. So you'll have some for the Sabbath day. But yet some of them went out and they looked for it. It wasn't there, but they went out and looked for it. And you know what he told Moses? He said, how long will y'all continue to break my commandments? That was before Mount Sinai. Let's look at another scripture here in 1 John chapter 5. The church world better wake up. I'll read you another scripture that in Revelations it says, Come out of her, ye my people, that ye be not partaker of her sins. That's talking about the Catholic Church, the mother of harlots, Mystery Babylon. And one of the things he wants them to come out of is this first day worship when they worship the Son. Come and obey the commandment, the fourth commandment. And most of the church world will say, I'm all for the nine of them, but this is a Christian Sabbath. It didn't say that in the Bible anywhere, that Sunday's a Christian Sabbath.
1 John 5, and let's start with verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Everyone that loveth him that begot loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and what church? Why would it say that if they don't exist? This is the love of... Uh, let's read that too again. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep. That keep means obey. It don't mean, well, because I keep a Bible in my home, I'm keeping the Ten Commandments. It means obedience to what it says. That's what that means. Then verse 3, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. That's what God had put in here. Again, I say, why would He put these things in here if He didn't intend for us to keep them? And if they... Why would he put him in here if they didn't exist? You see, all these things that people try to throw them out, get rid of them, it's all for the flesh. I want to do what I want to, when I want to, where I want to, and how I want to do it. It's giving in to the flesh instead of saying, I'm a child of God and I'm going to obey the commandments of God. That's what he expects. He even had them stone a man in the New Testament because he went out on the Sabbath day and started picking up sticks. You've read it? To build a fire, I'm sure. No, old. Did I say new? I meant old. I'm sorry, folks. The Old Testament. Well, I, that's good. I want you to catch me if I say something. In the Old Testament, I'm sorry. Thank you, I appreciate that. Because we want people to know where they can find it. It's in there in the Old Testament. So that's why I say then, under the, the way it existed then, so many times the punishments of God were quick. They came quickly because they disobeyed. We are under a state of grace now. And God is allowing people to get away with a lot of things. Not eternally, not always, because there is coming a time when judgment's going to fall. And if they don't obey the commandments, they're going to end up in the lake of fire. That's the reason why I preach these kind of messages. Because I love people enough that I'm hoping there's some, well, most of you I think in here know these things. I'm hoping there's some on Facebook will hear this and say, you know, I need to do some investigating. There's some things here that I didn't know. There's some things I need to look into. I need to find out if I'm walking in obedience to God. I'd like for a whole lot of people to hear this and say, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to find out and examine this and look into it. But if it just makes a difference in one life, wouldn't it be worth it? Absolutely it would. That's the reason why 
I preach these kind of messages. Not because I hate anybody or condemn anybody. I'm trying to help them see to improve. See things so they can improve in their relationship with him. Let's read that one again one more time. Ron and 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. That means you're violating it, you're breaking it. For sin is the transgression, the breaking and violation of the law. That's what gets man in trouble. That's why we needed a Savior. If there was no law for us to abide by, and we were all sinners, we've all broken the law of God. But through Christ, what we've done in receiving Him and believing in Him, all that sin can be eradicated, done away with. It's gone. And some people teach that well, because if I'm saved, I'm always saved. There's some scripture in Ezekiel that says, if a righteous man turn from his righteousness and committeth wickedness, his righteousness will not be remembered. And when he called the Israelites out and said, you're going to be a holy nation, a special people to me, and when they begin to turn away from his truth, and his commandments, and worshiping these false gods, he said they were backslidden. You've gone away from me. The commandments exist, folks, and there's penalties for it, and there's going to be penalties to keep people out of the kingdom of God. And people need to learn. I don't want to stand before the God, God one day and he say, Brother Guy, why didn't you preach some of these things? Why didn't you, why did you just keep telling people what they wanted to hear? Just do as you please. Break whatever commandment you want to. There's too much of that going on in too many of the churches today. Narrow is the way that leads to life and few there be that find it. That's enough. Again, I tell you this, I love people. That's the reason why sometimes I preach these kind of messages, not because I want to condemn anybody or hate anybody or anything like that. It may come off that way, but that's not so. If you'll stand, we'll have a word of prayer. God bless you for being here today. Father, we thank you today. We do love you and we love your people. We love a lot of people out there. I know, Lord, it's being led astray and don't know a lot of things. We try to present things to show to them that we need to get away from the traditions of man and excuses that we have, and we need to look into the truth of your word and obey your commandments and serve you in a way it pleases you that we might have that we might enter into your kingdom and have everlasting life 
Help us, Lord, and guide us day by day. We love you and we thank you. Bless all the church folks and bless those who couldn't be here and, and uh, plan a desire in their heart to be here next week. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name for it all. Amen.